an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. Can you touch them? Do you know that they're around you? Can you like feel them? And then of course, if you can see them, can you see them physically with your eyes or with your third eye? So I know it's a lot. I love that question. I'm Ooh. so into that question. Um, so <laughs> my twin sister and I actually saw a spirit when we were little in the living room, <laughs> but that's probably the only time that I've actually seen an actual spirit. Like I'm not one of those people that like will walk into a room and see them walking by or whatever. I just get the intuition that they're there and, and oh, they're there. so he, so here's what I just did. I scanned the room and uh, there's somebody over here. Okay. I did invite angels in though, for this whole conversation. Normally that's what I do when I do energy healing, every single podcast is encoded with healing. So when you listen, not only do you hear the words, but you get a healing from whatever it is that we're talking about. There's specific things that we are We're focused on me and spirit in terms of helping people to heal fast. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. Today we are recording the 100th episode of the Stark Transformation Show and we are here with Amy Ronick and Rochelle Evans. Hi ladies. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Okay. So today we're, you guys are going to be asking me questions about my journey, about spirit. I have no idea what you guys are going to be asking me. So who wants to go first? I'm just going to say you've done a hundred episodes and have interviewed so many people, so much information. Like what's been your favorite part about your podcast and the hundred episodes you've done? First of all, it's, it has been such an honor and a pleasure interviewing so many people. It's like the, one of the coolest things I get to do. For sure. I personally, I love seeing people who have gone through a dark night and have created such an amazing life for themselves and, you know, are giving back and living their purpose. And there is something that is different about people who really have been to those dark depths and then come out of them. Like we kind of just have this like energy about us that is like, I love life and it's always going to be better. Like if it sucks right now, it's going to get better. Like you just kind of know that like when you hit rock bottom and I, I really enjoy those people. They live in the moment more so than everybody else. They're just upbeat. So that's been really cool. It's been challenging for myself, you know, obviously, you know, being in the pandemic, you know, that was tough with my son home and the dogs and my wife. And sometimes we had some visitors or whatever. So we had to get quiet, but honestly, everybody who is in the house understands what I do for a living and really supports that. So I feel really grateful that except especially the dogs, they really support it, no, um, but they, they've been mostly Always. quiet. They're the most supportive ever. Maggie actually started the journey with me she used to meditate with me. So I got her in Florida over 10 years ago. And she always has been like this wise little dog that I've had. So we have a special connection. So she definitely has supported me, but for real, like, you know, my son, even though like, sometimes I can't hang out with him, he understands what I'm doing and why I do it. Oh, by the way, this morning, he said that we needed to start setting up for Christmas. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was hilarious i'm like uh dude, well there is a christmas in july i think i know i'm wondering yeah. if he was like picking up on that i'm like i don't think he knows about that we just had the conversation that it was five months away he's like what it's coming soon i'm like no dude we're not i really think this world needs something like that or at least this country because everybody is so happy and friendly around the holidays it's just like a different energy different. i totally it's agree like, why don't yeah. Why don't we have that all year long? Well, why aren't people as friendly and and generous all year long? And that's how you should be every it's day. It's true. It is. It there is a special energy that I specifically love as well. It is that generosity. It is connection. It is. I don't know. It's just magic in the air. It's kind of like when you go to Disney World. If you've been, there is like a little bit of magic in the air. I swear they're they're pumping something in there. <laughs> I absolutely agree. It's it's literally like no place on earth. There's no bugs anywhere. It's everybody's so happy. The energy is so great. That we yeah. need Disneyland. We need Disneyland and Disney World. All the time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's honestly, I think why one of the reasons why when people work with me, they feel so much better is because I am a little bit of that, like just that generosity, that love, that like, you know, unconditional love, that joy. Like I, I really do enjoy life. I really, I have, I have struggles just like everybody else, but I have been through those dark nights, you know, like I've been through them and I've come out the other side. So I'm reading a book right now that's all about self-love and when you take care of yourself and focus on loving yourself and doing good for you, it just affects all areas of your life. How, however you interact with other people, your own happiness, you're able to spread that joy to other people. And I, I can't agree more. What do you recommend for people that just need to like make that shift? Like what is the first thing you start with when you want to be able to love yourself more and and be able to have more joy in your life? Yeah. Well, first, the reason why I found joy the way that I have it now is because of the dark night. So it was that moment where I was like, I don't, I I almost left. Like I almost wasn't here. Like I almost wanted to, I, I wanted to walk in front of a bus and leave. And at that moment, that was when I knew something had to change. And I knew that what had to change was I was always giving to other people and I wasn't giving to myself. And it was so hard to like draw the line in the sand. But at the same time, I knew if I didn't draw the line in the sand, I wouldn't have been able to continue. So it was really like a self-preservation. And then the more that I did that, the more that I said, as much as I would love to help you with this thing, whatever it was, like sometimes they were really intense and would, you know, take a lot for me. I said, no, I like, I knew that the students that I was serving in New York city needed me, you know, but I knew that like the system was breaking my soul. Like I couldn't reach them the way that I wanted to reach them. So I was like, there's gotta be some other way that I can give back and not lose me. The more that I did that. So that's when I started eating, right. I started exercising more. I started meditating. I connected with everybody, you know, basically on the planet. <laughs> I So here's something that I, I probably haven't really talked to about much, which was one of the first meditations that I started doing. And I'm, I just knew to start doing this again. This was also like 16 years ago. So remember bits and pieces of it because it's a while ago. But I had this one meditation where I would envision loving my block. Like, so I lived in Brooklyn, so I just love everybody on the block. And then I would expand that love to all of Brooklyn and then all of New York. And then I just spread out throughout the whole planet. And eventually I'd cover the whole planet in love and give it like a little squeeze, you know, and be like, thanks so much for being here. And I tell you, I mean, it was unbelievable. I think that really helped to make me feel that connection of everyone on the planet. and. 
I would drive down the street and I would be like, see people waiting for the bus. And I'd be like, hi, (laughs) you know, like, I see you, I see your spirit. You're so great. Like, even if they maybe weren't great in terms of other people's judgment around them, like I just could see their spirit and I just knew who they were. And I kind of have always had a little bit of that going on. Like I was talking to Fen this morning about like being psychic before I was psychic. (laughs) I knew I was supposed to marry her, but it was before I started meditating and fireworks happen when I kissed her. And like, if I hadn't been so aware, I would have missed those things. And anyway, so before all this real psychic work happened, I already was very intuitive. You said the word aware, and it made me think like with the pandemic and just kind of explaining about people appreciating, do you feel like since the pandemic, people have appreciated life and therefore- Oh yeah. They have been able to enjoy it more, even though we have our limitations, we've been able to maybe enjoy and be more present now than say a year and a half ago. I do. I think that people have changed drastically. I think because of the limitations, it's similar to a dark night. I mean, a lot of us with this pandemic have been forced into a dark night of the soul where we're Mm -hmm. like, what's important to me? What do I believe? Why have I been working this nine to five? I mean, just the act of coming out of the office to home, people are like, well, why do I have, you know, I've heard that they've changed the floor plan of houses now because the open floor plan is no longer working because everybody's home. Things are changing and evolving. But I do think that the open floor plan is great because it fosters connection. I'm all about that. I think also when you pull away that connection, like it was pulled away from us, we're here to connect. And if we don't have somebody like a a husband or a wife or kids or people to connect with, those people were really struggling on the planet. And I, I really feel for them. If they didn't find that connection, it really was wearing on their soul. Mm-hmm. I know that. Mm-hmm. I know that they were saying at work that they're actually ha- having a hard time getting people back into the office because people. <laughs> have started questioning why, like you said, why am I doing the nine to five? And if the time is now limited, do I, am I doing what I love? And people are starting to like take a second look at their lives and what comes first. And even my full-time job, they were very adamant about nine to five coming into work. And now they're like looking at this hybrid schedule because people do want to be at home more. And they have seen that from a year and a half, like how much time they missed from their family or kids when they were at work. So yeah, same with my company. I work for a multi-billion dollar company. We have like 20,000 employees worldwide and they used to track our badge swipes to see who was coming into the office. And now they're looking at a hybrid schedule as well. And they're like, wow, this really works. Like people are can be productive at home. And I think it's completely changed how these companies are are looking at things. And it's, it's awesome because I do think the amount of flexibility and being at home with your kids and that, that time has been so important. And the fact that people are more grateful for what they have in their lives after this pandemic, it's definitely been life-changing. Yeah. Hey, Amy, um, yeah. Mark just suggested that we, that I invite you guys to the live. Is that cool? If I invite you guys, sure. I, let me see if I can do that. Mark said, cause I, this is what people intuition is where it's at. I immediately, did you see me? I unplugged it. And then Mark came in with his question of like, can we go live? Like, that's what I'm talking about. Intuition doesn't have to be like this big aha moment. It's just this paying attention. Spirit came to me just then was like, take your earphones out. And I was like, take my earphones out. Why? I always do it this way. And then I was like, wait a second. No, if I always do it this way, they can't hear me. (laughs) 
Like they can hear you. They can hear me, but they can't hear you. You just have to be open to hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just constantly am listening. Like there's, and I was trying to explain to Finn this morning, like when I get those intuitions, it's like, I'm, I was listening to you, Amy, but then I heard something over here. So I'm paying attention to you, but I've been able to split my consciousness or whatever, and then take a look at that and hear you. And then take action while staying in the moment or trying to. Yeah. That's something that I wish you'd explain to people because someone who's saying, okay, I want to listen. What does that mean? Does that mean that sometimes people are too busy and so they need to know how to silence their mind first and how, how would they go about doing that? So they're more open to hearing Uh, intuition. Right. So here's how I, I would answer that. I trained my brain like a lot. So I'm not going to say that that doesn't need to happen, but we are too busy and we are not paying attention. Every single person who's listening to this, every single person that I've ever met has intuition. It's like a God-given gift. I believe that we are all given, but I think that the programs and trauma that we experience cause us to push further away from this intuition and we wind up missing the information that's coming in. So the way that I explain it to people is I was talking to Amy, I heard something that was abnormal and it sort of jars me a bit. Like, I feel like I kind of felt like somebody was shaking me a little bit. Mark's texting and I can't read your text. I'll, right I'll de- don't worry about it. I will deal with that. I'll, I'll integrate okay. that. Um, I, think that, I like that Mark said, Mark he's said, so cute. I he liked it intuition and I also, I also think the three of us are so connected that we're able to communicate through our minds. That's true. Yes, yes, that's so true. First of all, let's just give a shout out to Mark. He's the producer of the 100 shows. Woohoo, ironic media. And he has been there helping me the whole time. But basically what I was going to say is it really is like slowing the tape down and being like, what was that? taking a listen to it, maybe looking at it. And I say it, looking at it intuitively and then speeding up the tape. And then I'm like right back in the moment and the problem was solved. And then I saw Mark, you know, I, of course I'm still learning. <laughs> so I was like, well, well, you know, what is Mark saying? You know, is it important? Cause he's my producer. So anyway, that's, that's, how, I wrote a blog about it actually. And it's called a jug fills drop by drop. That's the quote, at least I know in the beginning. And it's about a movie film strip. Life is like a film strip and you're the light that lights it. I have to go back and check that out. Yeah. So we have a question on Facebook from cool. Sarah McGinnis. Can I ask? Sure. Okay. What is your most spiritual moments with a client or personal? I really like that question. <laughs> I know a lot of your spiritual moments personally. I would love to hear from clients, but I'm sure everybody would love to hear yours as well. Yeah, there's been so many. I recently shared the one. I have the book right here still. This was one of my favorites. If you don't know the story, this book was brought to me, basically. I was told, pick this book up from like a thousand books that are available. I felt like there must be a message in here for me and skimmed through it, didn't see anything. And then out fell a note later on says dear amy on it and that's the crazy part yep here it is right so there's a note this is the note note inside of yeah so i was reading the book i up to like go get another cup of coffee out fell this note which originally i had heard pick up this book it has a note for you or it has a message it has a message for you what was a used bookstore right it was a used it was actually at a school fair that was selling books And so there were like a thousand books and I was, I was like, oh my gosh, like spirit highlight where I need to go because I, I'm all about like using my gift to save time or 
there's no reason why I look at all the books. There's, there's, you know, I was getting a message. It was one book. So I picked up that one book. I almost missed it because spirit had just given me the general area. And then I tuned in and then there it was the book that, uh, changed my life because at the time, all my gifts were opening up kind of simultaneously. And I was confused. I was like, why can I see energy? Why do I hear things? Why am I talking to dead people? Basically, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Why am I feeling pain in other people's body? Like, I can't do anything about it. I'm not a doctor. And why do I feel so good meditating? Like, this is weird. And sure enough, one of the major questions I was starting to lean towards, I was like, well, not a lot of people can talk to spirits that have crossed over. So maybe that's my gift. I hung out with Gemma, who is awesome. Gemma is a medium. So it's kind of like, maybe that's why I met Gemma. Like she's supposed to help me with mediumship. And it says here, this gently read book is not really your gift. Meaning that I knew the message was that mediumship wasn't my gift, you know, and that's what this book is about. And that's why I got it. Yeah. People get chills when they hear that. I totally got the chills as now. Yeah. It's, it, that's pretty nuts that, that whole, I mean, the amount of work, and this is what I really want to emphasize to people is that you are being guided. There are so many different things at work working for your highest and best good and the greatness of you. These people, if you're out there, uh, Sage, Eddie, Ed, Andy, Kate, who knows Amy, <laughs> some random Amy in New York city who gave her this book. I'd love to like, thank you all. I knew that it was like, Amy, while you can do those things, that's not your gift. So like start focusing on other things. And, and then it all became very obvious to me, you know, over the years, like I had a psychology degree, I could see energy, I could see pain, I could help people move that pain. And then I could help them learn about their journey because I, I knew these other things that other people maybe might not have known. And I found books and things like that. And then I started reading programs that people were running and then helping to release that and rewriting, you know, the story of their life. So that's one of my favorites that happened personally story. to me. It's an yeah. amazing story. I love hearing it every time. And I think the message is that there are no coincidences. Everything is divine messages that you should be open to listening to, right? Yeah. Like I said, I mean, this was something I had to kind of put together. Like I was like, oh, this, I got this book because I thought I might, I should be a medium. And then it said, this is not your gift. It did not say, Amy, you are going to become a healer who reads people's programs and releases them, you know? Um, you know, but it was a step and it was, uh, I knew that that was what they were saying, you know, like there's a deep knowingness that I get when I'm working with somebody. So sometimes when I'm working with somebody, they'll, I'll say, do you believe this? And they'll look at me blank and I just like, no, and I can't, my body just starts telling them like, I, you, you don't believe this. And I, and I can tell, and then, then I say, okay, hold on, wait, I want you to know the answer. Like, cause when you know the answer, that's when we can really make, take the most action. Like, I don't want to be doing things for people. I want them to have the realizations themselves. Like I am not a fan of people who say you're going to do this. You're going to do that in life, blah, blah, blah. I want it revealed to you. So you don't think, well, if it doesn't work out, they're going to be like, okay, <laughs> probably they're going to be like, you know, F you, Amy, you told me I was going to do this. I'm like, whoa, you know, you need to know that yourself. That's between you and your spirit and what I believe is like, I guess, God, universe, source, whatever. 
You definitely, I remember working together and giving me hints that that I would like reject them. (laughs) There's a story I still remember where uh, I forgot what we were talking about. And you said something about, you know, still doing music. I'm like, oh, no, I'm done with music. I'm not working with kids and music anymore. And like you kind of like almost like regurgitate it. And you're just like, no, that's not right. And I'm like, actually, it's, it's right. And you're like, no, it's not right. And I'm like, I'm not teaching a piano anymore. I'm not working in that direction anymore. And so you kind of said, just will you leave that door open? I'm like, sure. That's all I said. I said, just leave yeah, that door just open. Just leave, be I'm looking like, to it, right? Yeah, and I was like, I'll be open to it. And you said, you know, something in the near future. And I kind of got the feeling like it would be like in the next few months or whatever. And like a month and a half later, I got a call um, and I hadn't been working in five years to work at a band um, summer program with kids because you had said the music was going to be surrounding kids. And you kept saying, and you're tapping your foot. And I'm like, OK. So anyway, I worked the summer for this band. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, she was right for this kids camp. And then when my son was doing his uh, his drumming. I found myself in a gym where you said, I see you in a gym tapping your foot. And I was tapping. I don't remember some of this stuff because I'm. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh. So a lot of times, some a lot of times there are things you've told me and I'm like, no, but I'll leave it open. And then sure enough, like two months later, it just all came in. And it's like, like you say, a knowingness, that's what it was because, you know, I could fit it in a lot of boxes, but I'm like, no, 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 this is exactly what the feeling or realization feels like. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> By the way, for those of you that are listening, Rochelle was one of my toughest clients. I mean, <laughs> is she, I don't know why she showed. In fact, actually, a lot of times I was like, this is the last <laughs> session with her because she would just be like, no, no. Uh, and like, you know, argue with me. But then she would walk away and she'd be like, oh my God, you were so right. And then I would be like, she's back on my schedule. Look at that. <laughs> Um, I think it's, I think there's like a stubbornness about me because I you think <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. One of the questions you would ask were, are you open? And I remember that was like one of the first things you'd ever said. I think you probably said, you know, everybody before you read them, but that was one of the questions and something in my head said, this is an important question. And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Um, and so every time you would say something as the months would progress, I would want to shut it down, but I'm like, no, I'm not going to give the satisfaction. I'm close. I'm going to stay open. And I swear being stubborn and like resisting, wanting to feel closed minded was what allowed us to keep moving on. <laughs> That's a very important. In fact, I have on my desk, this question mark, because I always believe we should stay curious. I think it leaves the door open. I feel like it is the way that we can get out of judgment. Because a lot of times we judge our experience and that stops the energy flow that stops us from learning more, that stops us from being open to whatever it might look like. Like I could have said, well, this isn't a book on energy healing, you know, so I'm definitely not supposed to do that. You know, I, you can, you can judge it or you could say open and be like, wow. I, I mean, at first I was like, that's very interesting that I have this book and there was a I heard message in it and I just stayed curious. And then sure enough, the message was right there. (laughs) But we tend to think it has to look exactly a certain way or have a certain feeling or tone to it in order for it to be the answer. But I think staying open is the best. Debbie Freelander had a great question about what we were talking about is just knowing like intuition or knowing versus a thought. And that is, that was a big question for me. And it was hard for me to understand that. And I thought since we're talking about that, maybe just elaborate a little bit more, like what the difference is, like, how do you know between a thought and 
maybe a download or intuition? That's a really great question. Um, First of all, our thoughts are usually going to lead us astray. They're going to lie to us. That's number one. So if you have a thought, you can try it on like like a shirt. Like you literally can be like, if if the thought is I'm going to be a a figure skater, like you can try that on on your body, like, and just see, does that feel right? Does that feel like something that might bring me joy? Does it feel like I'm something I would want to work towards? Um, that's because intuition is, is actually knowing like it's a deep feeling within our body. And the more that we can get in tune with our body, the more we're going to get in tune with who we are and like what our intuition really truly is. One of the the things that, that just popped in my mind to talk about is like the dissolving of the ego. Like one of the things that I am grateful for, which was really tough for me to get through was working with those students in New York city that were trying to kill me, um, <laughs> uh, to put it lightly. Early. You know, it was, it was really an, a dissolving of the ego and just realizing one of the four agreements, which is don't take things personally. Like they were not personally offended by me. I mean, I wasn't doing something to them, but I represented things that they didn't like. And, um, and I had to own that, but I also had to realize it wasn't personal and not cry every night. And like my nervous system was going crazy, but eventually I, I had this realization of like, oh my gosh, they just need love. Like that's what they need. And I realized that they probably weren't getting love the way that I knew love. And if there was one thing that I could give them, it was that. So I unconditionally loved them and they rejected it at first. They did not understand it. And it took a while for this, like, it's okay. It's okay. You did that. It's okay. Like they didn't understand when they screwed up that somebody could be okay with them screwing up. And I won them over. It took three years. <laughs> and then at the, by the fourth year, I was out of there. Um, I was like, you know what? I've, I've made my mark here. I had that intuition of like the next places where you're supposed to go. And that's where I went. And I got a new set of lessons. And I think I I have to say this as well, you know, a lot of people, they put a lot of energy into things and they think, even if it's not working out, I should just stick with it. Right. Like keep banging at this same door. And eventually like they think something's going to break, but like, maybe it's time to step back and say, is this worth it? Am I getting anything? Did I lose myself in this process? And by stepping back, I mean, a lot of people came up to me and were like, how could you leave teaching? You were such a great teacher. The kids really loved you. You I mean, I could read them, you know, very easily, you know, when they would come into the classroom, I could see who was about to pop off as we said, you know, who, who really needed the extra attention or who maybe needed a walk or whatever. But at the same time, like I said, my nervous system was going bonkers and I was not feeling fulfilled. I felt like I was butting my head up against a system that really wasn't supporting me. And at the end of the day, I was so broke and, you know, it just wasn't working out. So I took a step back. I essentially relinquished my teaching license. I had worked for, I don't know what, six years or something like getting, and I didn't really relinquish it, but I just kind of like handed it over into the universe and said, clearly I'm not supposed to be here anymore because I can't do this. That's when I had my dark night. And, um, and then my life, my, like, I feel like there was an Amy before then and an Amy after that, because when I, when, wow, spirits coming through, um, share, share <laughs> my hearing's been switching a lot lately. Um, I think they have a lot of messages that I'm not listening to. Cause I've, you know, I listen to a lot. Listen, they know that I'm listening a lot. It's just, it sometimes can be a lot. We can put effort into something and then we think we got to go with that, but it's sometimes best just to take a step back, 
take a pause, maybe meditate, you know, and say, is this really serving me? Am I really making the impact that I really want? Am I happy? Have things been working out? I mean, that's when I was like, I started meditating and I was like, oh my God, I thought I was like nice to myself. (laughs) When I started meditating, I was like, not nice. I was saying things and thinking things that were not horrible, but they were not serving me. And I was like, why, why am I even having these thoughts? Like it's not serving me. So that's how my life. So when you were meditating, it was unveiling that you weren't like you were hearing the thoughts you were saying to yourself and you were, I think that's the number one reason why we should meditate. Honestly, I think by sitting down and taking the time, you start the ball rolling for a better life. You really do because you start to see your life and you start to appreciate the things that you have. That's number one. But number two, you hear how you're talking to you. So you're usually our worst critic is ourselves. And then we can fix that inner critic. We can find out what we really truly believe in. And it was like, I believed in certain things that just were not serving me. Like I could only make a hundred thousand dollars in a year that I'd only be a teacher that I'd always have to wear really strong deodorant. I don't know. Like I had a lot of beliefs like that. I had to take medicine for the rest of my life. That's something I was told like that I had a shitty immune system. I hope that's okay on Facebook. I had these beliefs. And then I was like, this is not serving me. What is the point of this? So I just let them go. And then I was open to whatever might come in like a non-strong deodorant. (laughs) And then that led me on the path to finding out more about holistic, you know, information and energy and essential oils and whatever else, you know? You, you had said something, um, I guess, from someone who's trying to meditate, because I remember in a reading that we did, you had, and I, I don't know how you did it, but you said, wow, Rachel, it's really noisy. You know, like you were like, I can hear your voice, like, but it's really noisy. And that always stuck with me. And so I remember when I, I, I hate meditating even to this day because I don't do it as often and it almost reverses itself. But the one thing that made sense with the noise that you said was when I sat down, I used to always think meditated, meaning I had to like hum and like, you know, hum and find something. And then you were like, just sit with yourself. And then I was very uncomfortable with sitting with myself. So then I had to ask, why am I so uncomfortable? So I was like, I'm just going to sit here and let whatever go. And she said five minutes. So I'm just going to do five minutes. That's it, you know? But like you said, when you just sit, I think the meditation is actually paying attention to all the stuff that's coming through. So work would come through. My kids would come through. What I haven't done would come through. All these things, life, I have to mop. I have to do this. And like, I would be in my head thinking, God, that's a lot of you know stuff that's going on. And so then I would do it again and it would be a lot of stuff. And then it would start to be less stuff. And then it would be less. And then all of a sudden you would say, just pay attention to what you hear most. So then all of a sudden, maybe it's this thing at work. Okay, now it's quiet enough that I keep hearing this repeat on repeat. Maybe I need to go address that or mm-hmm. whatever. In the beginning, it just sounds like a lot of chaos until you process it. And I think for you, you've gotten to the point where you're at that next level. But people that are very new, like me or someone even newer, it's overwhelming to hear meditate. Right. You don't want to be with all those thoughts. <laughs> right, right. So like when I started out, I I could, could almost see how I would just have a thought and then I'd pick it up and I would set it aside. Like that to mm-hmm. me, it was like a block. And wow, that's interesting that I would think like a block because it was a block. It was a block to my intuition. It was a block to me figuring out my life. And I would set it aside and I would say, okay, you're cool over there. Like I'll address those silly thoughts. Like I got to mop, I got to get groceries, things like that. That's, that's not for right now. Right mm-hmm. now, is just calming down right now. If I had not been calm, I would not have had the, uh, 
um, wherewithal to say that I think I can heal with my hands. And then that, you know, jump started that next journey, right? Mm-hmm. Because I had this feeling that I could heal with my hands. I couldn't hear it. Like I was unwilling to hear it because I was so busy doing other things. And mm-hmm. then when I actually had the courage, I don't even know what made me have the courage to say it to Fenella. And Fenella was like, there are other people like you. And I was like, there are other people that do this. <laughs> like, I'm not that crazy. It never occurred to me that that was even a thing. I was like, she's going to laugh at me, but she didn't. And it was the right person at the right time for me to say that to. Cause I could have said it to a hundred other people. And they would have been like, Amy, yeah. that's yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think what you're saying is so important. And I, I needed to hear that years ago when I first started meditating, because I think a lot of people, when they start meditating, like you, Rachel, me, my husband, Mark, you fight it because it feels so uncomfortable. I never used to let, I never used to sit with myself. I would always keep myself busy. I'd call my friends. I would do this. I'd do that. And I remember a therapist a long time ago was like, you just need to sit with your thoughts. I'm like, well, why would I want to do that? It's boring. You know what I mean? But when someone actually said, it's not that you have to clear your mind. It's not that you can't think of anything. It's just that you have to look at your thoughts and not be attached and just let them go like clouds or a conveyor belt or a block or whatever it is. And that was like, oh my gosh, I can do that. That's not that hard. And it gets easier. The other thing was, wait, can I say why it gets easier? You're training your brain, just like you're training your body. Sit-ups get easier as you do them. Running gets easier as you do it. It's the same thing with your mind. You are training it. And so all I'm really good at doing right now is seeing, feeling, hearing a thought and setting it aside or taking a look at it, bringing it from here, bringing it in front of me and being like, oh, okay, I got to do that. Okay. And then let it go. You know, right. that's all that it is. It's it's just having that ability or that training of, oh, I need to take a look at that block or that thought or that whatever. Yeah, that is life-changing in itself. And also, I just want to say for everyone out there, this was a message from Spirit this week. Loved uh, how it came through and it said there's comfort in fear for a lot of people. So people find comfort in fear. It's really important that we not find comfort in fear because fear is what hijacks our brain and keeps us from from accessing our intuition, being more creative, having a better immune system. Like when our brain gets hijacked, we are not able to find out who we are. So if that's your thing, if like you're addicted to fear because it makes you feel comfortable to know and like seek fear and like find it, tap. So that's emotional freedom technique. That's tapping on your face, tapping on your nose. You know, you, I've started your slash EFT. <laughs> I have TikToks. I have videos everywhere. You can listen to the podcast. Everybody uh, should learn EFT because of how transformational it is because we have to reset the nervous system in order to, uh, first of all, calm down, but second of all, then hear our intuition and know what is going on. Like we need to be able to see the truth. We will not see the truth because our brain is trying to save us from dying. That is what it's trying to do. Our body, if it has any trauma in it, is going to try to save us from dying. And sometimes that does not exist anymore because the the thing that happened to us happened years ago and we are not under the same circumstances. In fact, because we're highly intelligent human beings, we've learned probably from that experience and not gonna allow that kind of thing to happen to us. So we can tap and release that trauma so that we are not, seeing the world in that way anymore. We can see it the way that we truly want to see it. Give us the opportunity, like just give us the opportunity to see and do the things that we want to do and not be held back by our trauma that happened in the past. Yeah. Fear hijacks your entire life, takes, sucks the joy out of your life. 
It does. We have a friend that says that she thinks worry is good because it keeps us safe. You worry That's about- just basically what I just said. Yeah, Fear, it's exactly. Worry is wasted creative energy. So it's crazy. Yep. Yep. It makes you feel safe. And, um, and, but it's, it's an old program. It's keeping you limited. It's not serving you. It is. So listen, I love you all. I don't really want to, I really want you all to get this. Okay. <laughs> if you want to be a person who is creating their life, you have to believe that you can do it. If you have worry or fear, you're looking away from where you want to be going, right? If you have to release anything that is going to hold you back so that you can feel empowered to create the life that you want. In order to create the life that we want, we have to feel empowered. If we feel like a victim, we're not empowered. If you keep looking back and saying that thing happened to me and I'm not going to let go of it, you're not going to feel empowered for your life because it happened to you, not for you. I, anytime you can switch from it happened to me to it's happening for me. I don't care what it is. It's taught you something. And just like I always say, like, you know, whoever Thomas Edison made the light bulb, but it took him a thousand times of making the light bulb the wrong way to then realize you has to be made this way. And we learn from our experiences if we choose to. And if we choose to, we get empowered. If we, if we're empowered, we can create the life that we want. We're done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Love it. That's all you need to, that's, seriously, that's all you need to know. Mike drop. That is, that is funny that you said that. I literally was getting ready this morning and literally that exact scenario popped in my head. I was just like, because God, you said it a bazillion times I used to get pissed about the word victimization, (laughs) you know, the happening to versus the empowerment for the happening, why is it happening for me or it's happening for me. So it's kind of like, okay, I got in this car wreck, but I'm okay. (laughs) You know, and happened to me and I could say, all right, I could stay here. Oh my gosh. Or I could say, okay, so well, next time maybe, you know, focus here. It gives you a lesson when you're like in the future, like, okay, if I see a car coming, don't assume that he's going to stop at the stoplight. Like I learned, I still need to probably yield because I'm not sure. So that's how I can say, all right, I'm empowered. So the next time I hit a scenario like this, I can maybe possibly avoid it. Or I've learned from that mistake because obviously it didn't take me out. So I'm back here to learn how that was supposed to give me a lesson for the future. So, and trust me, that took like a really long time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not easy. It's really not. And uh, I do that as much as possible. And once you get into the habit of that, you switch your reticular activating system to then find how the shitty things in life that happen to us are actually working for us. Like you just need to train, train your brain. And that's what I love about the reticular activating system, which I'll just briefly mention is about this idea of finding things that are alike. So if I believe that the universe is always helping me out, then I will see how the universe is helping me out. I might see a penny on the ground and think, wow, look at that. I'm getting money from the universe. But other people might walk right past it because they don't believe that the universe is supporting them or they they have financial troubles and they're, they're like, you know, screw that. I'm not picking up a penny. What the hell is that? You know, who needs that? But if you are showing gratitude and you pick that penny up and you say to yourself, wow, I feel supported and put it in your pocket. And then you find 10 cents and you put that in your pocket. And then you see a job opportunity and you're like, wow, there's a job opportunity for me. The more that you can be in gratitude switch that reticular activating system, you'll see the opportunities for those jobs. Whereas before, if you are having this, like nothing ever works out for me, you're not going to see that job. You're not going to see the money on the ground. Maybe it's a hundred dollar bill that you walked over and you didn't see it because you're not training your brain to see it. 
I'll actually piggyback what you said because I was coming in and I told you I had a whole bunch of questions I wanted to ask you. And I was like, oh, I, you know, let me narrow it down all these questions. I've all a bazillion questions for you. So this was supposed to be like the easiest thing for me. Do you know I could not find my questions? <laughs> and <laughs> actually said, fine, whatever. I, I've known her for years. I can come up with questions. And I kept drawing a blank all week. And I was like, what the heck? Okay, maybe I'm just not in a quiet space to actually, you know, get into my mode of asking all these questions all these years. And finally, again, I put on my little, why is this happening, you know, for me hat. And I said, Rachel, you know what? Probably because you're not supposed to be the one asking all the questions. So I actually reached out to several people that I know that you worked with and they had so many better questions that I thought would serve so much better. I was like, that's why it's not happening is because I'm not supposed to ask the questions, all of them. And I've got some really cool questions for you, but um, it was just one of those things where I'm like, you know, before I would be like, oh my gosh, and I had this, now I don't have it. And what am I going to do? And And all of a sudden it's like all these questions and I'm like, okay, well let's choose. And a lot of them overlapped and I'm like, all right, I'm going to choose some of the ones that people kept mentioning. But one of them, if you don't mind that I would like to ask, um, go for it because you had mentioned this a lot about when you're talking to spirit is when you speak with spirit, right? And I know that you can hear them, right? Mm -hmm. Also see them. Can you touch them? Do you know that they're around you? Can you like feel them? And then of course, if you can see them, can you see them physically with your eyes or with your third eye? So I know it's a lot. I love that question. I'm Ooh. so into that question. Um, so <laughs> my twin sister and I actually saw a spirit when we were little in the living room, <laughs> but that's probably the only time that I've actually seen an actual spirit. Like I'm not one of those people that like will walk into a room and see them walking by or whatever. I just get the intuition that they're there and, and oh, they're there. so, he, so here's what I just did. I scanned the room and uh, there's somebody over here. Okay. I did invite angels in though, for this whole conversation. Normally that's what I do when I do energy healing, every single podcast is encoded with healing. So when you listen, not only do you hear the words, but you get a healing from whatever it is that we're talking about. There's specific things that we are we're focused on me and spirit in terms of helping people to heal fast. So when something happens, like for instance, if I see a feather on the ground, like Amy, I was talking to you one time or a couple of times actually, and a spirit came through Rochelle, how were we ever talking in a spirit came through? I can't remember. I don't believe in that. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall one coming in. So it's, it's not always, you know, I only use it if they come because they have a special message to deliver to the person who I'm working with and give me some more added insight. Like two different things happened with Amy. One was her grandmother couldn't make it to her wedding, but wanted to say how much she was proud of her and wanted to be there. I hope you don't mind me sharing. You don't mind. Not at all. I love it. That's such a special moment for me. Yeah. It was such a special moment for me because the love that came through from her, actually, Emil, you know, agree, overwhelmed me. So I actually had to take a moment because the the love was so intense and so pure. Yes. Amy's getting choked up. I'm, I, you know, it's hard. I, it's not easy what I do, you know, and the things that I see, I love, I'm very grateful. I'm not trying to say I'm not, but it's hard. Sometimes this is, this was an easier one because I got to have all that love come through me. And then I told her the message, but the other time was uh, about Amy's great grandfather. Yeah. It was my grandfather, my dad's yeah. dad. Yeah. So, and it had to do with a connection between uh, business and illness. 
and it was being a family program. And it was about her releasing that. And uh, yeah, my issues with money and fear of money, lack of money, it came down from my grandfather to my dad. Right. So that's the kind of medium that I am. I use it for healing. I use it to help fuel the session or whatever. But then I also, like I said, I have these angels that are here and I can, actually when I was at the Sarah McLaughlin concert, I did see the angels. They were huge. That was amazing. That was overwhelming again. <laughs> I'm so beautiful. When you see, do you, like when you're working with someone, can you see their aura or? Yeah, I can kind of see what they look like. They come to me. A lot of people say like, what do they look like? They don't look like when they had just crossed over. They look younger. They look healthier. Um generally speaking. And they're, and they're, they're always fine on the other side. Like when, by and the time I get your third eye or you're like physically. Yeah. Third eye. Um, cause what I, what it is, it's sort of like, I get a feeling like somebody's there. Right. Um, one time I was doing a healing with somebody and, uh, actually uh, Susan, she was on the podcast. She's a medium and she actually has conversations with spirit, the book. And I was doing a healing with Susan and Whitney Houston came in and Whitney Houston had such a strong energy. It was like, I got, you know, be slapped. Like, it's like, like, Oh my God, Whoa, what the hell is in this room? Like all of a sudden I just knew something was in the room and it was like a tornado, you know? And I was like, Whoa, whoever you are, chill out. <laughs> Cause I can hear it. Like when I, you know, one time or actually many times when I work with people, sometimes if their energy is too um, amped up, I can't hear. It's just like this different frequency that, so they have to calm down. So like sometimes when I'm working with clients, we have to do some tapping or we, I have to do some energy work first to get them calm. And then I can hear the messages or I can see the information and otherwise. Anyway, so Whitney Houston then calmed down and she was like, I need to talk to Susan. And I was like, well, this is Susan's time. So that's great that you want to talk to Susan, but Susan and I are having time together. You can make an appointment with Susan. I'll tell her that you're here. And I told Susan and and Susan wound up talking to her and then actually spent the whole weekend with her while her funeral was going on. Wow. Yeah. Weird. Did they have some sort of connection? Like, was she no. nothing? Nope. So like I said, spirit is constantly, you know, shaping our experiences and we have to be open to it. I'm going to flip it because you're, you have these messages from spirit. What about if someone comes to you, say, so a client or someone, have you ever had a person come to you or maybe not that you were scared to tap into their energy. Yes. You sensed there was an evil or something. How, and, and how did you feel? Like, how did you know? Ooh, I, I don't want this. I don't like, right. I, right. One time. Um, so in my old apartment, we had a problem with a spirit. It one, it one was a kid and he was trying to get into my body one time and I caught him. I was like half asleep in that, you know, stage. And he was trying to get in my body and I could feel like somebody was like ripping my body apart, like trying to get in. And I like, I got him out. Like I was like, get out. I didn't even know what it was. And then I looked at it and it was just a child that was lost. So then I was able to help that spirit find the light. I, you know, you have to remind them because sometimes they get caught in this space where they haven't yet crossed over. They haven't gone to the light. And so I helped that kid get to the light. And then another time there was a problem with the spirit with Fen, like it didn't like Fen for whatever reason. Didn't it wasn't about me, but we had to get rid of that one. Well, one time, after you cross or you spirits all love and light. I've heard so many NDEs, near death experience stories, and everybody says like once you cross over, it's all love and light, and there's no judgment, all this stuff. So why would that kid like 
not have crossed over and yeah, it's a good question. I mean, based on what we've heard from other people and their NDEs. So a lot of times what they reported is that they're flying through the air and they're going towards some sort of light. Like they always talk about a tunnel or a light, you know, that they're going towards. So sometimes because we have free will, we can stay. So some of them have been like, this feels too good. I want to go. And other times they're like, no, 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 no. I want to stay for my kids. So actually Gemma and I have had a conversation once before where somebody had crossed over very quickly and had information for the person that was staying here on the planet. And so found her and delivered the message to her. And then she was able to deliver the message to the person that she was doing the healing with. So a way that I've seen it and like based on other talking to other intuitives, it's like we walk around with these light bulbs on and uh, they know that like we're sort of like the telephone booth that they can get the message through. Sometimes it comes at inappropriate times. Like one time I was sleeping and a spirit came through and the way that I heard it was, it was my teacher's phone ringing. Obviously my teacher's phone wasn't in my room. It was her ringtone. So it caught me out of sleep. As soon as it caught me out of sleep, like I I started to wake up, the light blew out in my bedroom, the one that was over our bed. And like, when I say blew out, it was like, like a shattered, Yeah. Like shattered, like that kind of pop and actually broke that fan light permanently. And the same things happen for that. You you get get a lot of electronic. Oh, I got, yeah. Yeah. Things just blow out sometimes when I like our fan is now turned on because a couple of nights ago I released something and turned it on. (laughs) Um, So it's been going and it's great. I wish I had been like working a week or two ago when we didn't have AC, but anyway, So when that spirit came through and blew out the light, I was pissed. I was like, you can't be doing this shit. Like that scared me. That scared Fen. Like now our light doesn't work. Like, so I said, this is inappropriate. You can come to me when I'm meditating. So when I was in meditation, I said to the spirit, I said, okay, you can come down. You can speak to me now. And sure enough, it was my director's, the one that I heard the phone. Um, it was her brother who had crossed over and he had information about how he was treated in the hospital and some other oh. information and gave me that information. And I gave it to her. So yeah, there has to be some sort of boundaries and spirits know, like I clear my energy before I go to bed. I clear the house. I protect the house. I talk to my angels and I'm like, only the people that are on my healing team can work on my body. I ask for if I'm going through something for them to, to heal me. I used to spend a lot of nights healing other people like neighbors. And (laughs) I'd be like, why, why am I doing that? And I'd be exhausted. I'd be healing Fen. So I've learned to draw boundaries and cut that off. Have you ever said no to a message from the other side? Have you ever said, I'm not delivering that message or I don't feel comfortable? Has there ever been a message? (laughs) (laughs) Here's the funny thing. I kind of don't get the opportunity to say no. If I actually get the information, what I will get if I don't deliver the information is an irritation within my body that gets me so aggravated that I have to deliver it. And then once I deliver, I feel way better. I've also drawn the boundary around like, I'm not going to be that person in the grocery store that like walks up and says, okay, so-and-so is like with you right now. And, you know, I just, I don't have an interest in that. Yeah, I I probably could do that. I just, mm. So this is a question you always ask me, right? Like, what does it take to do a healing? It takes a lot. It takes a lot of planning of my energy, uh, a lot of thought. 
for instance, last night I did not do anything fun. You know, like I didn't drink. I went to bed early. I ate a nice meal. I was calm with my energy. One of the things I really love about Fen is that we don't have silly arguments. My energy isn't getting hijacked over dumb things, ego type things, you know, where I'm right, you're wrong. You know, that's, I don't participate in that stuff. We don't do drama. So when somebody books with me, I immediately know that they're starting their healing and their healing journey with me. So I am already, as many of my clients know, I begin to obviously see their spirit and I am working with them from the very beginning. I may not have even had a conversation with them of any length or any healing, but I'm already starting that process. So I'm already already love, I love everyone. I really do. And they get that unconditional love. And then I start thinking about how can I support them on their journey and like the reticular activating system, I start bringing in the things that they need for me to tell Mm -hmm. them and for me to learn or for me, the skills that I need. So there's a lot that goes into the planning of a session. And then I've learned that I just want to do one session a day. I think that that is a nice, happy medium for me. Yeah. That's what I was going to, I was going to ask you, um, cause I, I know that I'm just going to say everybody that I've, I've had to go to, you have all said positive things and are all like, Oh my goodness. You know, and it's really sometimes hard to explain. It's kind of almost like, just go and then come back and talk to me if you want to talk to me about it, but it does take time for you. And so a lot of people will look at your price and be like, that's for one hour or whatever. And I'm like, you know, one thing I will tell you is if you're in the middle of a session with Amy, unlike a psychologist, when that time is up, they're like, all right, we'll see you next week. And you're like, what? My emotions are everywhere where you will finish, you know, that part. You're like, I'm not going to leave you hanging. Cause trust me, I've been like a hot mess sometimes. I'm like, please don't leave me. <laughs> and I was like, heard that in my head and said, Rochelle, don't worry. I'm going to stay. <laughs> exactly. And so like, I know that normally it's, it, it can extend past that hour, but you I've seen, cause I've, I've been blessed to have met you. I've seen like you eat healthy. I mean, you take vitamins, you do things so you're able to support your ability more. And so I'm like, I guess for me, is there a time where maybe you are in physical pain and you have to say, I can't do this because literally the physical pain is causing you not to be able to do your work. Or if you've had a tough week, to get into that headspace at what point has there been a time where like, I, I cannot, I'm, I'm physically or emotionally, my, I'm not mentally there. Have you had to say I have to reschedule or I've only had to say that a couple of times. And it usually has to do with me being sick, which hasn't really happened all that often. So spirit has a tendency to already clear my schedule and then give me an emotional thing to go through, which is really, I appreciate like I said, there is this divine guidance that's going on. And sometimes, you know, I'll be thinking I need a break today and somebody will just randomly move their session. And it's very beautiful. The things that I see and the things that I know and notice because I'm in the present moment, because I have this intuition, I'm like, wow, I just deeply know that we're being supported all the time. And that's the one thing that I wish that everybody knew, which is why I have the podcast so that I can talk about these experiences so that other people can see what I know, like in a whole week, the, and let's say I'm working on something emotionally and I just can't see how to get through it. Cause I'm still human. I still have experiences. I don't know everything. It's not that easy all the time for me. I, I definitely have a little bit easier than some people, but when I'm trying to work through something, spirit will give me five people that have that same thing <laughs> and I'll have them oh, that week oh, and I'll see that. the different intricate pieces and I'll start to move them because I can see it in them, but I can't see it in me. 
Uh-huh. And that's why we all need each other. And that's why one of the reasons why it's so beautiful, how we, you know, I get this opportunity to do healings for people, but I up level myself every time I do a healing. So that's not only do I get money, but I, it, it's also the thing like that a mirror. Yeah. Mirror that, that that's a small piece of what I need to move or work on and heal that I've been trying to, but I just couldn't see it. I just didn't know what to do to get there. And it's so um, funny that you said that about a mirror because there's things that you've said to me, of course, in sessions, and I choose to what I want to tell other people, but one of them, and I, I know you're going to laugh when you, when I say this, I'm but sure you told me I was stubborn. I was like, what? Like, I'm pretty, not, I mean, a little bit. And then I actually told people, she thinks I'm stubborn. They're like, word, really? Not I'm like, am I like, again, like you're saying other people, you can see like, you don't, wow, that's your lesson, huh? You have not, you don't see that, but I can see it clear as day. Other things, you know, people will say about me and I'm like, I, I obviously I can't. And I look back years later and I'm like, yeah, not only was that a learning lesson, but that was like hardcore. Like I couldn't see it at all. So I could see like working with all of us, you probably like leveled up a whole bunch. <laughs> I did. I, every time that I was tapping, I was also calming my own nervous system. But as you know, and I'll explain for any of the viewers out there, my energy becomes the person who's in front of me. And so I am, I am a giant mirror, but also like they're called mirror neurons. I can feel what you're feeling. And so mm-hmm. I can say to a client, do you feel that in your feet? Do you feel that in your shoulders? Do you feel how that's not true? Do you feel that how that is true? I will feel in their body what, what they're feeling on a level that they sometimes don't have yet the awareness of. But if I bring it to their attention, they can drop in and say, oh yeah, I do feel that there. I do see this. I do know whatever you're talking about it helps to build their awareness around their body, which is what I want other people to have. A lot of times because of the nature of society, because of the pace in which we're used to moving prior to the pandemic, you know, doesn't it feel like the pandemic before the pandemic was like a different life. And then after the pandemic is another life. That's what it feels like to have a, whoa, you see the light going crazy. Yes, I keep on seeing your light. I'm looking at Rachelle and don't see anything crazy. I do see her flickering. And I see light flickering all around you. It's crazy. Oh, Dorian's on. Hi, Dorian. I... One of the questions I know you you were reading it earlier was, you know, how can someone learn to see energy like you do or open up their gifts like you have? You know me, I since I've met you, you've brought so much. I'm so forever grateful for all the tools and everything that you've helped me with my healing over my nine year, you know, nine year healing journey of from ulcerative colitis. And I always said like my why or my my purpose is to help others and empower other people to live their best lives. And so I, when I look at you, I'm like, I, that's amazing. I got, I want to open my gifts and I know my gifts have been opening. I mean, I have much more awareness than I ever have, but how do people open up their gifts and their, and, and see other people's energy? First of all, it is such an honor to work with you and to work with all of my clients. Like I truly, I love you all. And you, anytime in a session, I'm sure at some point I have said that I love that person. And I do love freely because of my uh, near-death experience, essentially, or a spiritually formative experience. It was very, very near <laughs> death. I almost died. So I'm, I'm here to just love. Like, I, I just, I love you all. I love everyone. I see their spirits. I see the struggle, whether they've been done bad things or not. 
technically according to other people, I can still see their spirit. So one thing just to get straight is I do not see energy like auras. Like I don't see colors. I've seen it a couple of times, handful, maybe five times in my life. One thing when I was in college, I remember where my window was and where the street was and where people would walk. I could see their auras, meaning their black, the black part of their aura. So it was like, I used to say it was like a March Simpson here. And I would say to people, can you, do you see that? Do you see, <laughs> you see what's around them? And they were like, no. So that's when I knew I was seeing something. So I, it, I guess it is their aura, but I'm not, I don't see colors, right? I see just this grayish. And I could see when a lot of people were in a car. So like if a car was full of people, the energy would be bigger around the car. And I was like, that's interesting. Again, I stay curious. I probably should have gotten my eyes checked, maybe. <laughs> but explain, um, explain when when you saw, I'll say it, pregnant. Like you saw, I, I knew you saw, but I got quiet. But what did you see? Was that another black orb or was it like a light? With When you were pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> there's an intuition of like, there's a another spirit around you. You also were sparkling. What happens when you get pregnant is that your energy vibration goes a lot higher. So it was more noticeable, which is why they say women glow. Like it has to do with the progesterone that's running through their body, but it also raises their vibration. So to answer the question, the way that I see energy is really, I'm more of a feeler kind of energy. I feel what's going on in people's bodies. And that's because I'm so in tune with what's going on in my body that I'm able to separate out what's happening in my body versus what's happening in your body. And by doing that, by being so aware, then I can see it technically because I can say, oh, look at that shoulder. And then I'll ask questions to the shoulder and then I might get pictures. This is more seamless than I'm even describing. It's taking longer to describe what I'm seeing than it is to just see it and, or do it or whatever. It's, it's like so kind of instant. streamlined. Yeah, it's instant. I remember when I was working on a woman, this was yet again, a very pivotal moment for me where I was doing energy work and I'm like, why is this so clogged? Like, why is her arm so clogged, like with energy? So I start feeling on it and, you know, like not feeling her, but her energy. I'm like, oh, it's going out the thumb. Okay. I just remember learning from spirit that energy that's going out the right thumb is around grief and is around love. So I had then recently found a book that confirmed that that's in the shaman, you know, whatever tradition that's where it ha where the energy goes so i was like hmm and then i looked at it and i was like 12 years ago she got married and she's going through a divorce or sorry 12 years ago she got a divorce and that energy was still in there so i said to the woman i said did you get divorced 12 years ago she was like it was 11 and a half years ago and i was like <laughs> okay so there's something to what i'm seeing here so i started seeing how stuck energy was related to a story and then I got wanted to know more about those stories. And that got me on the journey of figuring out like these programs of this energy, why, it, why is it stuck? And one, another pivotal moment that I had related to that, I was working on a woman and a blue spark actually came out of my hand. So that was like, it was not just something that I was like seeing through my intuitive eye. It was actually a blue spark. And I paid attention to that. 
and I asked questions and sure enough, I felt a car door being slammed on my leg. And I knew that that was a story that happened to that area that she had injured. And I asked her about, it. I said, and I felt like I was like young and in love and like looking at a view and like life was great. And then all of a sudden I was like, damn, you know, she got hit by this, this car door. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. She was in her early twenties. She was with her then husband or about to be husband and, or well, I guess they were probably married and they were in California looking at a view and the door slammed because of the way that the car had been parked. And she had an injury there that wound up causing her to have trouble walking later on when she was 70 years old. So as soon as we cleared that, then she was, she went for a walk and she was able to visit her husband who had passed in the cemetery, but she hadn't been able to go there because of the stuck energy that was there. So she then was able to visit him and he came and he was, this is another story about, he was there actually at that healing and had his hand on her shoulder. And that's what he used to do. He used to put his hand on her shoulder around her arm or right here. So I get to, I get to see these things about how much people love the other people that are still here. Oh, she's crying. I cry all like, I get so <laughs> emotional the past like two months. I, get emotional when I hear people's like amazing stories. Just like if someone's going to be surprised about something, like I feel it so much now. It's crazy. I love it. Yeah. You're opening up aim. That's yeah, what's happening. <laughs> we have to be experiencing these emotions in order to, to release them. There's something in us that is in that experience that's so beautiful that we need to see within ourselves. And a lot of times what happens when, when I'm clearing energy is I'll see it in somebody else, like I said, and then I'll see it in me, clear it, and then it'll clear in that person. So if something's not clearing in somebody else, I'll take a look at it, say, how's that related to me? Look at it, clear it in me. And then I, I can't feel it in them. There, there's the light again. Flicker, yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I was going to mention earlier is that that was one of the first things you taught me is how to clear my energy. You would always say like, you know, how do you feel and you get to be in touch with your own energy. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't even know how I feel. Like, I just feel like this jitteriness and like all these crazy emotions. And I never realized that because I am such an empath, I take on other people's energy and I didn't know to release it. So I was walking around with all these people's anxiety and energy that doesn't serve me. And then as soon as you taught, taught me the tool to clear my energy, that's when I kind of felt this peace. And so I think that if you want to talk about clearing your energy really quickly, or just directing people to how do they can learn to do that? I think that was one of the, the, the most life-changing <laughs> tools and experiences I have Learning. Sure. Yeah. So here's a perfect example of me still going through that. Like, so if, if I, I just took a camping trip and if all of a sudden I'm irritated, I will first and foremost check that somebody's not in my energy field or something's not in my energy field. Cause I'm constantly cleaning it. Like not constantly, but like a couple times a day, I always equate it to if a room was left with not being clean for a long time, you'd go in and you'd be like, God, I don't even want to clean this up. Like, I don't even know where to start. You'd be overwhelmed. Right. But if you clean the room and it, and you keep it nice. So you're always going in there, pulling out the dirty dish and then getting started on something else. 
it's much easier to clean up. And then it becomes much easier to see when a dirty dish has been placed in there, right? You immediately are like, oh, there's a dirty dish in there. I'm gonna pull that out. Well, the same thing's true. If somebody gets into my space, I'm like, that's the dirty dish that I need to move. <laughs> like it's that simple. So if I start getting irritated or frustrated or something like that, I first check that because my natural nature is not to get like that. Like I don't have, I don't get triggered by trauma easily anymore because I've moved so much of it. So that's why clearing your energy is so important. And, and actually on vacation, I thought maybe somebody was in my space to clear my energy. And I was like, it's not that there wasn't anybody in there. It was a reaction to mold in the room. That was some more awareness for me. Like I need to work on cleaning up my body to not get triggered from mold. Like there's some sort of thing that's there. Mm -hmm. So, because here's the thing, I look at everything through vibration and, and information, energy and information and the energy signature of mold, there's information there has a certain vibration. And if it triggers me, I have that same vibration in me. So I need to find out where that matches. So then that doesn't become part of my experience anymore. So once I move that, then I'm, I'm good technically. And there's lots of ways I go about that. So it's mind, body, spirit, you know, there's, it could be a thought pattern. It could be candida or something in my body. It could be lack of grounding or whatever. I, I just have to look at all the different ways in which that could be showing up in my experience. So I'm, I'm looking over here at uh, <laughs> Amy, the other Amy. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, it's hard to remember the name yeah. I know. <laughs> um, so, and, and I'm much like her in working with you and being able to release so much, then all of a sudden you have all this room to like feel the emotions and they can be super overwhelming. Not that they're bad. They're just like, I cried at this and I cried. Like everything is so beautiful, right? How do we allow those to come in without being so overwhelming? You know, cause sometimes, I mean, kind of like Amy, if it's emotional enough and I'm cleared enough, I'll, I'll just be a crying hot mess because everything is so beautiful. It's like, it's just so beautiful. Like everything is just overwhelmingly great. And it's just like, you know, I, I, I want to feel it, but I also would like to kind of like... <laughs> Get a little more calm and receiving it. So I guess that's the next level after you learn how to clear yourself. How can you enjoy some of the the things without it overwhelming you? Um, sometimes it's it's just going to you know shake up some other things that are in your body that you've been asking to release. So that high vibration that comes in shakes mm -hmm. up the lower stuff and it helps it to leave. So it can be really beautiful and really healing. But where I'm at on my journey right now is I've done so much rewriting, so much trauma release. The universe has conspired to show me how divinely orchestrated it all is that I am mostly neutral, but feel the beauty, but don't get overwhelmed. So like mm -hmm. the more that we can keep clearing and moving out these things that aren't serving us, the less we'll be overwhelmed by it. Because if you are going to be overwhelmed by it, that's a wrong word to use, but there really isn't a, an identical word that would say, I'm trying to think if there would be a word where it could describe being neutral and being in bliss. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm in awe. I'm in awe. Or an awe. Okay. Yeah. It's an awe. I'm in awe well, of goes, the universe a lot. That, that goes back to you. Like, um, but I get pissed at it too. I just want to mention, I do get pissed <laughs> sometimes. So as we, you know, we're on, we're in the learning stages and overwhelmed and I'm sure you've done a lot of this to where you're able to manage it better. But I guess my question is, have you ever, and this is actually from someone, have you ever worked with someone and recognized that their children 
we're going to be a catalyst in this world and change this world in yes. like a way yeah. and that overwhelm you because like you probably don't get to see that a whole lot. You're like, oh my gosh, this woo, this is so great. You know, have you? Can you give an example of what that catalyst may have been? Or um, so what? So is, I actually was working with the child because I wouldn't probably get that information if I was working with the parent. Maybe I would. I think maybe, maybe I would, but usually the parent then sends the child to me. And then depending on the child's age, I'll either share it with the child or I will share it with the parent after seeing the child. But there have been several kids that have come to me that are definite change makers on this planet. And I was like, look at you <laughs> so young and you know, like already knowing your place here. So, and they know it, do they know it or do they know when, when they're older? So uh, the one that I'm thinking of is like 16, 17. So the old enough to understand the, what I'm saying and not use it to control somebody, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. I, it, there's a delicate balance. Cause you don't want them being like, Oh, I'm super special, you know, sure, but sure. Um, at the same time y- you want to kind of nudge them and be like, yeah, yeah. You're meant for a different path. Like gotcha. then the others, you know, and that you might so be then, hanging out with. Then to take it a step further, for instance, I know you said this with me. I don't know how you have said this with other people, but you'll say, Oh, when we work together, we'll figure out Rachel, what your purpose is, which I did. Right. Do you see other people's gifts? And if so, do you sometimes see them initially or as you are working with them, do you see them? And could you give like, I guess. Sometimes I know. Uh, <laughs> there's the light. It uh, is crazy. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just my energy field interacts with it. This today is specifically pretty fluctuating. Actually, the light above my head blew out when I was about to go on vacation. I ran down here to grab something and I hit the light and it blew. And I was like, damn it, I had hit it too hard with too much energy and excitement. <laughs> and I've done that. I've electrocuted myself. Like I won't do the the hand, the palm reading. At, it's not a palm reading, but it, they read your palm to go through at the uh, airport. I, cause I was like, I put my hand on, I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> and he's like, what? And I was like, it just shocked me. And she's like, I've never seen anybody get shocked by that. I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. She's kind of like freak. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, everybody's making like, it up. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You break treadmills, you know, jumpstart right. cars. Like if I didn't have other people who witnessed these things, like I would look crazy. So you, Frisha, what was your question again? Yes. Have you, have you, uh, have you see other people's gifts? Yes. So specifically, actually this past week I was working with somebody and uh, I saw their gift, but I was not allowed to tell the person. So before, if I see it, I will, ask, because I see it, I ask their higher self if I'm allowed to share it. And then if I'm allowed to share it, then I will. If I am not allowed to share it, then I say, you'll find out. Because here's the thing. If I'm going to share with that person, that person already knows that I'm just reminding them, right? Mm-hmm. If I am not allowed to share it, it's because they don't know and they need to have the knowingness that it's the gift. And then I can mm-hmm. confirm it later. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Because yeah. I always want somebody to know that, that what their purpose is on it. And when I say no, deep knowing, I don't want like up here knowing, I want them to know this is where my path, because the path is not easy. The path is is, is you came here, first of all, earth school, that's what this is, is really freaking hard. Like there's a lot that goes on here. There's a lot that we are trying to learn and there's 
emotions and letdowns and disappointments and pain and trauma and, you know, seeing people do horrible things and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But once we have that deep inner knowingness, we can, it, it gives us that fuel to like keep sorting it out and keep seeing and trying to see, like, I know that I'm meant for this. I just don't know exactly the path and staying present and, and curious and doing whatever work is necessary to, to fully own it. So you said sometimes the spirit tells you not to, have you ever, I, I, I know you wouldn't now, but I want to know in the past, have you ever intervened in a life's journey that the physical person, like in the physical self, they wanted you to help, but the spirit was telling you no, and you did it anyway. Um, I know you, you don't, have you in the past (laughs) ever done that? Not to my knowledge. I did have an experience where I learned that lesson, but wasn't disobeying, or if that's a word, like Mm -hmm. the right word, it sounds crazy to say disobeying somebody, but I told somebody the path, their path. And I said, if you do this, you're, this is going to happen. If you do that, that's going to happen. And they wound up choosing the path that obviously was for them. And I regretted telling them that because it made it harder for their journey the way that it was. Anyway, it was in the way that in which it happened, I knew that it wasn't helpful that for me to tell them their path. So So why is it bad? Is it, is it, I can sense it's bad and you shouldn't do that, but why? Like what? Because it's, it's, it's taking away the journey. It's like (laughs) to, to be totally cliche. It's like Miley Cyrus's song. It's not about the mountaintop. It's about the journey. Like it's all about the journey. When you Mm -hmm. finally reach the top, like that's the icing on the cake. You get to hang out there for a while, but you came here to learn all this other stuff, clear karma, learn things, connect with people up level. That's why we're here. If I like swoop in and ruin your journey, like I look at it as like, if I were to be like, Hey, Rochelle, this is what you're supposed to do. it. That'd be ruining your journey or could be. I'm not interested in telling you that. I want you to know that I like on a deep level, I want to help you find it. I'm, I'm the guide that's like, Hey, this is in your way. That's in your way. This is in your way. That's in your way. This is in your way. That's in your way. And then we, we finally get there. And then there's this like, force through the trees kind of moment where you're like, Oh my God, that's what I'm supposed to do. And you have it, not me. Uh-huh. I'm all, I'm there. I'm like, all right, I know which way to go. Like, and I kind of yeah. like, okay, we're going to go over here. We're going to go over there. We're going to, you know, because I can sense where you need to really go and to have that path the fastest. That's my gift. But it, and, and I, I have a, a deep, I see people. I, I, somebody could say, I think I should be this. And if I feel like that's not true, I will tell them. I'll okay. be like, I don't feel that, but that still could be true to you. I just don't feel it. This is a good one. Have you ever felt or known you're knowing this? Have you ever worked with somebody or seen somebody and know that they're not going to be here long and they have no idea? Oh, that's a good question. One time I was, I had a friend who I was concerned about. And I, to- I was actually very worried. I told them and what I saw was a spiritually transformative moment for them, not a death, but it felt like a death, but that it, with every transformation, there is a death. And that's another reason why I, I stopped doing that was because I, I could sense that something was really bad was going to happen. I felt like they were in the hospital, heart attack, blah, blah, blah. And I said, please start taking care of whatever you have to take care of, you know, because of this. And then sure enough, 
I don't know, like a year later or something like that, they were in the hospital and, and had the chest pains and everything, but it, instead of death, it was the death of the the person that they were and had mm-hmm. that spiritually transformative experience. Mm-hmm. So would you feel, and this might be personal, but if you saw that on um, someone that you knew or were close with, do you feel like you're not allowed to intervene in that? And you just kind of have to keep that. To I your- feel like if I know it, then I probably can intervene, but I, I definitely feel out every single circumstance and I only go step by step by step by step, like what I'm allowed uh-huh. to do. I, I'm, I'm not interested in breaking the space time continuum. Sure. <laughs> sure. sure. Um, I, I guess talking about, I guess, live and death. Um, and I'm assuming you believe in past lives. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever run into um, someone that you knew from a former past life? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I have. So yeah, well, a lot of times, you know, we have people, in fact, my son actually isn't somebody from a past life. He's brand new spirit to me. Like he came from a different spirit group and now he's joined ours. So he's somebody who's not, most of the people around us, we know from other lifetimes, but, and they're like Fen, I've known for many lifetimes, we've had many different incarnations together. You see the lights going crazy. I, I also, right. You like spirit groups that you travel through lifetimes together. Yeah. Yeah. Clearing energy being like, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that for you. Like I'm going to be that asshole dad for you or whatever, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just just, not that my dad was an asshole. I'm just saying as an example, that was actually Wayne Dyer, you know, because they, they we're all trying to up level and, you know, we're in a soul group or whatever. One time I I met somebody and I, was at a conference and I walked up to them. And I'm like, I know you. And the person's like, I don't know you. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like we know each other. Like clearly we know each other. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm like, really? I'm like, did you go to Syracuse? Did you go, you know, like, and I started like naming all these things. He's like, no. And so I was like, that's really awkward. I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> so I go, you know, off on my way. And the next weekend we were at another workshop together. And it was a very tiny workshop. It was like five people and we wound up hanging out the whole time. And then we became very good friends after that. So it was kind of like, not, not, not like that person right there is really important for your journey. And actually we used to talk about, about thought and like the power of thought. And it, it really is everything, you know, what you're thinking is really creating the life you create you by thought. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I definitely have person and we both said it we know from without a doubt I'm like yeah we were meant to be on this journey together we just run into each other way too many times from kids to daycare to school to living next to each other to jobs I mean it's just like cling 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 so and now she's like 10 houses down from me like and we've known each other since we were in high school and we were in classes together I mean even our families are like, it's just crazy. I'm like, yeah, we just let it ride out. And our kids are best friends now. We're just like, yeah, this is the way it was supposed to be. I, you know, you might not be my sister by blood, but you're definitely a sisterhood in some way or capacity. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Mark was, you had told me a while ago that Mark, my husband was my, I was a famous like bull rider. Oh my God. I remember that. (laughs) And Mark was, I was a man and Mark was my trainer and he was married to my sister. But the reason why that came up is because it was financial stuff. And there was stuff that was going on in that life where I wasn't paying him as much as he felt he was worth. And, mm. you know, it kind of came up again. So yeah. I love bringing that up that he was my trainer and I was a famous bull rider. 
Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) uh, Only we knew. I mean, I love those kids that come back and have these full detailed stories about their life and how they died and all that. Um, Can you? Do you? Do you remember any of your past lives? Oh, no, I remember past lives. Yes, I've I've definitely worked on past lives and things like that. Dying in war, being on a horse, that one sucked. Watching a village burn, uh, like being like, a, f- a flood wasn't coming and then it came like there, there yeah there's some stuff I had to move <laughs> uh so and that's just with training again like I mean I'm sure some of us would rather not know the past but some of us like mine it would be interesting because well so the thing is is some of those things are holding you back like yeah being somebody because that was one lifetime where I was an intuitive for the the whole tribe and I was supposed to predict the weather or whatever I was like doing something along those lines and and it happened when I went face out west I was walking on the land and I was like, I live here. Like I lived here. And then I started being like, oh yeah. And then remembering that lifetime. So I was actually on the land, walking the land as I was like learning about it. And that night, actually I was falling asleep. And I, I said to Fen, I said, do you hear that beautiful flute music? I said, I've never heard flute music that is that beautiful. And she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And I was like, all of a sudden it shut down, you know, it stopped. Uh, And I was like sad because I was like, she doesn't hear it. And I hear it. And it was really so beautiful. Like one of those things where it's like almost like spirit with the love, you know, I was overwhelmed by it, how beautiful it was. So that was an interesting thing where I like kind of bumped into another lifetime, you know, accidentally and learned all this stuff. And the guy who's walking around, I'm like, that's not how we did it. You know, and I, if I had not been paying attention, I would have just been maybe irritated, right? Like I would have been on this tour and, you know, listening to this guy and been irritated, but I was like, why am I getting irritated listening to this guy? And then that's when I was like, no, 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 this is what we did. This is where we were. You know, this is, so it was interesting to have that experience. And while I don't know if I was in on that exact land, maybe I was in some other place, but it was enough to help remind me and move that energy. That's cool. But, you know, I, one time I was uh, in a group setting where we were doing past lives stuff and I got really shaken up because it was the village burning and I had to ask the person for help afterwards, which he became a friend of mine. But, you know, I was like, uh, that, that was not cool. (laughs) I didn't want to see all that. So sometimes you can go there and not like it. And sometimes it can be painful to watch, but again, there's energy there. So speaking up, so because I screwed up with that tribe, right. You know, and I said, there wasn't going to be a monsoon and there was, and it like ruined everything. I'm not sure exactly what happened. That can be in my energy field of like not speaking up. So I had to clear that energy, but I'm not predicting weather anymore. And, you know, I'm not in charge of a whole tribe of people, you know, like they're not putting all their faith into me. I mean, I help people. But I, I just say, this is what my experience is and, and I share it. So to hopefully awaken the other person to finding their own truth. That's all that I am. In, in this life, have you ever been wrong with anything with your abilities? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And the more that I did it, the more that I stayed curious, the more I understood. Usually what happened along the way was... I misread. So that's why I always say, see and say, if you see it, you say it, you don't like interpret it, you know, or try not to interpret it. So usually that's where I went wrong is, um, I would think there was something else in it. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I still make mistakes and you know, I don't know everything. (laughs) You're human. (laughs) Well, we love you. Thank you. I love you guys. And we love you.
Is there any more questions here? This was very nice. Thank you. Unfortunately, I have to go. Oh, proud of you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it was. I think that's all the questions. It was Rachel brought some great questions too. Yeah, there's a lot really of people, a lot of your, your people you've worked with had some good ones. I'm like, the door is open. Just ask. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. it. I always learn so much every time you open your mouth, Amy. Oh, thanks. I, I It's my honor to be able to support anybody who's going through the journey because it's not easy. I've been lucky enough to have the money, the resources, the time to discover this stuff. And, and what would be the point of me dying with it all inside me? So there could be I'm nothing so worse. So grateful for you and all the hundred episodes that you've hundred episodes, you guys, we yeah. just finished. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. So, so proud of you and grateful you. to be on this journey with you. Oh my gosh. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Women. I always say guys from New Jersey. I love you. And thank you all for joining us on this live. You're all the best. All content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Stark Transformation Show website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, are created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.